Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. And we're off. And they're off. And they're off. Here we are. Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know. Yeah, that was a good... A J10 initiative. Good introduction. Good introduction. People often ask, J10 initiatives, what are those? What do you say to that? I say just the coolest things that you could ever imagine. Yes, they're amazing, amazing things. That just you know, what are they? I mean, we've t- we've told them before. There's one. <laughs> it's called the Catholic stuff you should know. So, but it sounds cool. Is it going to expand? I don't know. Are there going to be other things like crafts, <laughs> <laughs> like like knitted pot holders or something? <laughs> What else is part of the J? We got initiative? some awesome, awesome listeners who are making us cool stuff, like the um, prayer shoals. Yeah, wow, exactly. Awesome. Talk about an awesome gift. Uh, we have not seen these things, but um, the, with the gobel mullet in like stage four, you know, at the prayer shawl. So yeah, maybe like a prayer shawl making um, class. I could do a cooking class. You know how good I am at cooking. You could do a cooking class. <laughs> I had to cook for fifteen of these hanyaks a couple weeks ago. And all these seminarians are standing outside, like, around the grill. And um, I usually pride myself on being pretty decent on, on the grill. That's about it. Oh, I love grilling. But uh, for some reason, it got out of control. And next thing you know, I look over, and the whole grill is just, like, on fire. Like, flames ha- are consuming everything because the vegetable oil, whatever, slipped in. And it was just, like, Uh-oh. two feet of flames above the grill. And they're all, like, laughing. I'm like, get get out of here. You guys are just standing around. So I thought, you know. Was it close to a building? I mean, it was here at the Casa. Rather yeah, dangerous. Our, ah, well, yeah, this yeah. is like a stone terrace. Yeah, yeah. So everything's basically stone here in Rome. So, you know. You're safe. We're pretty good. But yeah, maybe a cooking class or uh, you could do... Did you ever watch uh, Yan, you... Yan Can Cook? No. <laughs> Yan Can Cook. We used to watch these PBS shows that I think were made for old people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was like uh, Bob Ross, The Joy of Painting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yan Can Cook Yan Can was Cook. like this Asian guy who would make all kinds of things in a walk. Really nice. genius. Yeah, that sounds pretty. And then there was a there, there was another Cajun guy I think who would grill stuff. Hmm. He'd cook everything on the grill. What are the other cooking shows we watch? I well, we watched the Antique Roadshow. Oh that's yeah, not a yeah, cooking that, show, yeah, that's kind of classic. Yeah, that's a rap rap family PBS. Is that? I don't know. I don't. Oh, this maybe is it was a phase or something. <laughs> I was the, uh, born old. Yeah, you were. But uh, you can cook. I, you got that wild creative thing, though, where you got to, you know, I don't know, put weird things together that no human has ever done before. I can cook, but I, I don't think I can get people to eat what I cook. Well, we eat it, <laughs> yeah, you know. we eat it. So every Saturday night, we uh, we do the Lord's Day dinner. We probably talked about this a million times, but uh, which means that everybody has to cook at some point, you know, and here it works out to be about once a month, but it's just the most dreaded experience for me. I don't know if somebody's really? listening. Yeah. No, I like it. I don't like the grocery shopping, but I like cooking. Oh, the shopping, the timing, the, uh, the, uh, proportions. It's just, I'm getting oh, I'm sweating just thinking about it right now. So I, uh, talked about this one time in a homily and this woman gave me a book called a man, a can and a plan. And it was like this cooking book. Oh yeah, and I've never. Did you learn anything? I never looked at Recipes? it. I'm sorry. I hope she doesn't listen. But yeah, it was. Um, it was a very funny and wonderful gift. But even a man, a can, and a plan, it wasn't enough. I don't know. 
to inspire. I, 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 have I like to the inspire. title. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm intrigued, but it sounds like Chef Boyardee. I mean, it doesn't sound like much of a... I know, out of a can. Well, our friend Father Clockman, you know, he became Master Chef after his one day at the cooking class oh, in yeah. Cortona. Oh, man, so we heard just... about that. That was funny. So I had to cook with him in the fall. And he is like... Mr. Mr. Italian cook now, and so he's throwing in all this different oh, yeah. stuff. One and class, and now he's opening a restaurant. Guess who's paying for all this, right? I'm like, do we really need this? What is this? You know, he's like, oh, we need fresh basil. Oh, where's the oregano? Oh my gosh, we're out of sea salt. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> Clockman is doing a. Uh, this is the. If you listen to the podcast regularly, this is the. Um, I almost said ten, 10 Angry Men, the Eight Evil Thoughts guy, Avagrius Ponticus, mm-hmm. uh, our good friend. He's doing a uh, parish mission for Father Nathan Goebel right now as we speak. Is he? Yep. Oh, okay. A shout out, a, a prayer for you. I know. My friend. Yeah, it's going to be good. He's good. He's a very good teacher. But I told Goebel, I said, you better keep that clock going, bro. Yeah, because it's true. he can talk with the best of them, so... Yeah, so Clocky's doing that, and uh, yeah, I still can't cook, and so yeah, J Ten initiatives. I don't know, I don't know. We'll keep keep doing this one. I think this one's working, working pretty well. I'm trying to think of some other stuff. I could think of some stuff. I'm sure. Yeah, I bet you could whip I'm up something. So creative, not mm-hmm. they won't necessarily be very useful, but yeah, something. It has something. to do with initiative, uh, with technology. That's what the J Ten began, you know, and so. <laughs> I what about something with those? I don't know. This pop, this thought just popped into my head with those glow shoes. You know, those kids wear the glow oh, yeah. shoes with the. You mean the lights where they light up? Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then I'm thinking like a hybrid because you have like a lot of the Catholic tchotchke for the Hispanics have like lights and oh, like yeah. kind of glowy things on them or glow in the dark stuff. But if you could have like an image of the Sacred Heart blink on the shoes every time that you take a step. Oh, there you go. I know. J10 initiative? J- a J10 initiative coming at you in 2018. We're going to be there. So Father Mike has an entrepreneurial spirit, but um, yeah, entrepreneurs. I can't even say that word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're saying like entrepreneurs. <laughs> entrepreneur. Audrey, entre, entrepreneur. There you go. It's French. Entrepreneur. What was the other word that I, I still get made fun of for? Oh, Dreis. Oh, people still make fun of me for saying. Entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs. This is not alcohol induced. This is I'm just that much of an idiot, and uh, people get they think, oh my gosh, he's slurring his words, and he just talks like this all the time. So, anyways, allora, allora. Well, so, you want to talk about a topic? That's what you're. I'm kind of uh, curious. You know, we don't we don't ta- talk toward. about these topics before we um, before we begin them. So, all right. Well, this might be a repeat. I probably say that often, but Dead Sea Scrolls. 4Q521. <laughs> you know what, though? I saw on the Facebook page, I don't check this very often, but uh, someone requested, would you say something more about 4Q521? Mm. I don't have much more to say about the 4Q521. And that's uh, not the not the topic tonight. But Someone's going to hear that and really appreciate that you even noticed. After, <laughs> after, <laughs> after I refine these things and come to understand them a little bit better and can teach them more clearly it's simpler maybe i'll revisit that one huh yeah well you deal with pretty intensely complex stuff that nobody really knows about or can read so you're in the you're in like the uh it's one thing to get specialized it's one thing to be like working in a field where like five people in the whole universe know what you're talking about and i feel like you're basically at that point so well i found yeah i found all of them and none of them like my (laughs) thoughts (laughs) 
Because you're an Audrey Paneur, that's I'm why. too much of an Audrey Paneur. <laughs> oh, I'm such an idiot. Okay. Oh, yeah, continue, continue. Oh, boy. Okay, so. Okay, so um, here we are. Uh, I, you know, when I prepared for this one, I thought we were going to record on the Feast of the Annunciation. Right. Okay, so that has that has passed, but... Uh, and we were planning on doing that, but then we didn't. Um, but I'm going to maintain the same topic, huh? Oh, okay. Okay, so here's a little quiz show, quiz show, quiz show. You know I hate the quiz show. I know you hate the quiz show, but this is actually for the for the audience I, and okay. probably for the kids. Well, if it has something to do with the enunciation, I'm, I'm okay. Oh, you're ready. I'm okay. See if you can get this one. All right. Why is the Feast of the Annunciation on March 25th? I'm going to guess because it's nine months to Christmas. Yes, nine months before Christmas Day. Very Suck good. it, Goebel. Ding, 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 ding. Give me points for that retroactively after losing oh, those quiz shows. I hope yeah, those that never was happen quiz again. Ah, so that was easy enough. But I don't Thank think you. I realized that it was nine months before Christmas until like my mid-20s. Do you know what else I didn't happened put that together. on March 25th? This is like super, super nerdy. No. The uh, ring of power okay. was cast into the fires of Mount Doom on March 25th. Lord of the Rings. Does he say that in the he thing? Does. Doesn't yes. everything have its own like calendar? March Doesn't 25th. It, well, it like it's got its own year calendar. Garandriel 25 <laughs> or 20 zoops. Garandriel <laughs> zoops. No, you got to read the books again, man. Okay. The uh, uh, it's it's part of his Catholic vision, right? His sacramental yeah, imagination. Yeah. Oh, I think it's cool. Yeah. You like that. Okay, there you go. So. Okay, uh, evil defeated. So um, I want to just um, honor Our Lady by uh, talking about the four Marian songs that are sung at the end of night prayer, uh. and they're they're according to um, the various liturgical seasons. Have we talked about that at all? No, I don't think so. Okay, very good. Well, I'm not going to say a whole lot about it, but I would just kind of want to just sing them, kind of go through them. I was going to make you sing. Oh man, I I'm already nervous because I thought about this. Part. I have to lead I morning. Know. I have to lead evening prayer on Thursday nights here, and it's in front of a bunch of dudes, many of whom have fantastic voices, and I'm usually just like, <laughs> that's part of it. That's the, one of them. The guys kind of let it hang if they see you suffering. They're like, oh, we'll see if you can like. It's like nosedive. See if he can pull out of it. Uh, well, the first thing is to see if he gets the right one. Yeah. Well, I like this. That's good. Okay. I was, so a, I was a bit. I, I mean, we could sing if you want. I we would don't have not. to sing. Yeah, let's not. We can have we can have Becca put on uh, chant. Oh yeah. That we have. Uh, that's legal. Legitimately paid for <laughs> and or recorded ourselves. Yeah, that's right. Or that maybe Perry could record and uh, you know. Yeah, we can. Well, we'll request from friends. There you go. Um, okay, so at the end of the prayers for the day, we, um, well, night prayer has like an examination of conscience. You pray the Psalms, you do the typical gospel canticle. This one is of Simeon. And then um, just pray kind of like a, a closing prayer. And then you sing a Marian song to close out the night. So all of the priests and nuns and um, any um, consecrated people, any lay people who want to pray the liturgy of the hours are praying these prayers every night. And um, 
they have a song, a different song for each of the liturgical seasons, mm. right? But they're all um, songs to um, sing kind of a prayer toward, uh, to, to Mary and ask her intercession, right? Yep. Okay, so the, the closing thought of the day is uh, a Marian thought. Um, of course, we know that the, the, the Marian, uh, Mary is the example, the exemplar of the Christian life and the church. Doing like the, yeah. what do you call okay. it? Pump, air. Yeah, Father John's doing the what do you call fist it? pump. Fist bump into the air? Yeah. Okay, continue. She's the exemplar. Yeah. Supreme realization. Go on. No, that's good. I will, I'll stop there. I'm going to do this eventually. I'll do a second part to this. Okay. Well, I just want to say, like, okay, at the beginning of the day, we want to we want to remember that uh, we remember Our Lady um, and dedicate ourselves after her own sort of spirituality. You know, the fiat. Let yeah. it be done unto me today mm-hmm. according to your word, Lord. Okay. And at the end of the day, we remember Our Lady and we um, ask for her intercession to continue that spirituality, right? Yeah. Okay, so she kind of helps us along the Christian life, and she helps us throughout the day, and we honor her with um, with a song, and also learn from it about our own life and how we should be living, and ask for her prayers as we um, fall asleep. And remember that sleep is always, for the Christian, an image of death. Mm. You're kind of giving up that force that makes us us, and that holds on holds on to this life, and in, in faith... We are um, entrusting ourselves um, to another, or or kind of to the mystery of when we're not conscious and uh, in control, or something like that, right? Yeah. So the sleep becomes a symbol of a little death, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the Marian prayers are somehow asking for her prayers when we die. So this is kind of connected in that in that sense. That um, we're asking Our Lady to to be there for us when we're making the transition from this life to the next. It's interesting that the Church has us because the Liturgy of the Hours is is a little plug here if you're not familiar with praying it. Um, it the Church refers to it as the voice of the Bride. Yeah, I think that's really striking. You know that all around the world is um, the Church is praying these Psalms at all times of the day. Um, and it's this continual voice speaking back to the bridegroom uh, of the church. But Mary is herself the, the the personalized form of that bride. She is the bride of Christ at the foot of the cross. She's the new Eve, as uh, as we've said since the first centuries. St. Justin Martyr was the first to say that, second century. Um, so it's interesting that we, we specifically turn to her voice at the end of each day and kind of conclude it. She who was the first one, you know, the Annunciation. Mm-hmm. It's not like she just did her fiat and then Jesus kind of did his thing, but we looked to her at the end of the day and at the end of life, so that's kind of an interesting Ooh, one. I like that. Okay, so uh, we're thinking on Mary at the end of the day, and what are the specific prayers? So the liturgical season begins when? Quiz show, quiz show, quiz show. Advent. Advent, first season. Good. Um, we begin... With the uh, the song during Advent is Alma Redemptoris Mater. Yeah. Right? Okay. I have to look at my list. I was thinking, I was like, wait a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alma Redemptoris Mater. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. I need to get my. That's the hardest one to start, by the way. 
because it's like oh, that's what it usually sounds like. Oh, my redemptory smarter. Yep. Yeah. I was trying to get you to join in. All right. Basta. I don't I don't start on the right pitch and then everybody gets squarely well, in the Well, some church. guys start too high and I'm you're just, just like bad at it. We don't have to start so high, guys. Because we're gonna go No, you're like, good sounds at sounds like nuns by the end of it. It's like come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Songbirds. Songbirds. Okay. So here's an English translation. Okay. The the, the prayer is beautiful. The song is beautiful in Latin. Um, I tend to sing them in Latin because I I know the tune and the and the Latin, um, and I think the Latin is beautiful as well. So um, I think most would do that. No, yeah. Have you ever heard it sung in English? No. Or in a translation? No. No. But sometimes if you pray it, maybe you pray it in translation. Well, here's a translation: Loving Mother of the Redeemer, Gate of Heaven, Star of the Sea, assist your people who have fallen yet strive to rise again. To the wonderment of nature, you bore your creator, yet remained a virgin after as before. You who received Gabriel's joyful greeting, have pity on us poor sinners. Beautiful. Yeah. It is a beautiful, it's a beautiful prayer. Uh, it's a beautiful song. Um, you, can, you can tell why it's uh, geared toward Advent. You talk about Gabriel announcing joyfully um, the coming of the Redeemer and the Savior Jesus and um, recall this moment of the um, the incarnation that leads toward the birth of Jesus Christ. No. Do you know where this comes from? No. Oh. <laughs> Am I supposed to? No, Is I was this just a curious. History one. No. Um, that would be an interesting podcast. No, that'll be a follow up <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I probably should have done. No, that. No, sorry. Put you on the spot. Done that. Uh, I research. just was. I'm just thinking out loud. I just. I have no idea where these things i think well, most of them are early medieval yeah you know salve regina these things they're kind of around that time so yeah yeah so some of the central images are uh, mary as the the mother of god um but in in a remarkable way so it has this line to the wonderment of nature you bore your creator yet remained a virgin after his before you bore your creator you <coughs> gave life to the one who gave you life mm-hmm. so it it's got this crazy, paradoxical, mysterious puzzle that is incredibly beautiful. It makes me think of the icon in the East. I know how you love talking about the icons in the East. The uh, <laughs> Just your weird Ethiopian icons, not all of them. <laughs> <laughs> There's that one... That one um, oh, now I don't even remember the title. we got to ask Father Michael. Um, the, the, the mother of the one who is... Greater than the whole universe can contain. Okay. Do you know that? No, I don't know that one. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm well, guessing it's a little crazy. Yeah? Okay. Marvel, marvel at the mystery of the great creator of everything somehow being born, right? Yeah. St. Peter Damien has this great line. He calls it the origin of the beginning. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to flip everything on its head. Yeah. And it's, it's remarkable that she was there that moment. Every th- you have the image of all of nature watching in wonder. You have the image of the angels and the heavenly beings watching in wonder. Okay. Uh, I like to think of um, something like the angels whispering to the stars with this plan that was about to happen because they were so excited they couldn't contain themselves. So mm. they whisper it to the stars. And what does the star do? It explodes. <laughs> 
it explodes into this super nebula. Is that a word? It's, what is the nebula? Where is this? This is just in your mind? Yeah. Into this. I this, like it. This star that appeared in the east. You know, ah, historians will say there was yeah. like probably some sort of phenomenon that was yeah. being described in the Bible and everything. Ah. Of these, probably an exploding star, you know? I like it. Okay, anyway. Um, these are the things that go on in I my like mind your, I like while I'm style. falling asleep. I like your style. That's cool. So, Gate of Heaven, Star of the Sea. Star of the Sea is one that I particularly like to. Um, all these ancient sailors who are trying to make their way over the chaos and the, qua- and, the and the darkness of the seas, the uncertainty. There's one star that they look for to orient their life, to 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 orient their whole sense of where they are and their being and their direction. Um, that North Star, hmm. no, mm-hmm. and Our Lady uh, can be that, and she has often for me been that that star that kind of sets me back on track and points me back to Jesus when I wasn't star was of the sea. Can drift. Nice. Okay, so that's I'm it. just fascinated by your mind right now. <laughs> it is kind of weird. No, I Angels like it. Angels whispering to stars. Just watching you grow up, me and your mom. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Nance. Oh. Okay, so that's Advent. Um, then uh, we move to what season? Well, wait a second. Do we do that one in Christmas also or just Advent? And in Christmas. Okay. Yep. And then we move to Lent. Well, we got a little sh- little shaver of uh, ordinary, ordinary time. Ordinary time. The first shaver. But then we... <laughs> first shaver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before Lent, you got a little bit of ordinary time. So in ordinary time, we pray which one? The Salve Regina. Salve Regina. But I was corrected in this house. Uh-oh. By our favorite liturgical, liturgically minded companion, Father Evan Coop, that you go right into the next one. You don't go to the Salve. You go into the Lent one? Yep. Uh oh. Yep. And then I was instructed with this card, but this is the problem. This is the old calendar. So, not to digress here, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I've been doing it wrong then. They I, th- told I just thought it was according to the season. I know. That's what I thought. But nobody cares about this except. The guys in this house, you know. Should so. I not wear green? Should uh, I just keep purple? You can wear what do you own green clothing? <laughs> no, I'm not talking I'm talking about the liturgy, dude. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't have, like, it's true. I don't have a lot of green. I get in trouble on St. Patrick's you Day. Wear, do you dress according to the liturgical season? That would take it to the next level. Oh. Some people do. Like, <laughs> no, I wear black, my friend. Black. I just envisioned you with like uh coming downstairs, you got like a Green <laughs> sweatshirt, green sweatpants with the elastic at the bottom, you know, just like. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, sorry. This so, is probably not okay, unlikely. So, yeah, the Salve it's still re- a few years the Salve re- <laughs> I heard this guy playing the saw out in the streets a couple days ago, and just playing a saw, like a huge saw, and I was like, that's going to be Father Mike. Uh, by the end of his doctoral program, he was like just plink, 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 yeah, he was wow, just wow, wow. It was actually sounded kind of cool, but he was playing the song. <laughs> it's like oh, man. that's gonna be uh, Father Mike by the end of to. the doctorate, wearing all green. So, oh, Lord help us, Mary help us. Okay, so Salve Regina so. during the little shaver of of uh, ordinary time, and then okay, I'm gonna yeah, I, you fact check on that. Well, there is a there is a Salve Regina during ordinary time. Maybe it happens after Lent. And Easter, but anyway, I'm talking about the Salve. Regime. I'm with you. I'm with you, man. We gotta stick, it, stick it to the man. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, 
our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, O most gracious advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us. And after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, O most holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Amen. Um, I like... I like that throughout this prayer, you have, and the other ones as well, uh, you have all these nicknames for, mm-hmm, for Mary, mm-hmm. you know? Usually we give nicknames to either, like, children or friends or loved ones, you know? These kind of uh, little pieces hail our life, our sweetness, our hope. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Um, I love those little bits in this mm-hmm. prayer. I like this one of um, her sympathy, recalling her sympathy for us. Um, Turn to us in our exile, in this valley of tears as we mourn through this life. Um, I remember thinking that this is a rather depressing prayer at one point in my mm-hmm. life. Um, as I get older, I think I'm I'm recognizing this as more of like a real, uh, admitting reality. And mm-hmm. I find it rather refreshing in this in this kind of spiritual life and and milieu um i've never really been as long as i've known you i don't remember much of a, like a kind of a k-love kind of guy mm, not really positive encouraging yeah. christianity i need to probably become more positive. everything's great and bubbly and, and everything's yeah. great everything yeah. it's just so nice yeah uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but i maybe it's my melancholic side or whatever but to be able to be honest about that stuff, yeah. at least at some point, without despairing, okay? So you can say, this is a valley of tears, we're mourning, we're in exile, we're not at home, and yet we have this advocate. We're looking to our mother who is um, the, queen of, uh, the queen of heaven. She's on the other side. Yeah. She's where we're going, and we know the direction our life is going. So we're not lost in this exile. We're not lost in this valley of tears, um, even if we admit the the difficulty of life. I spend a lot of time studying Mary, and the more that I have done it lately, the more I've been struck by the fact of how much she suffered and how much confusion and fear um, she experienced throughout her life. If you think about it, you know, the the moment of the Annunciation really shakes everything up, and it becomes a consistent, like her fiat is oriented towards the cross where she makes a total gift of self. But what's interesting is to think that Mary is perfect, right? Because she's free from original sin, the effects of sin. But she grows in charity as she uh, gets older because she's created. You know, Christ never never grew in charity. But we, what we can say of Mary is that um, because we think of perfection as like the best, you know. But perfection really means to be complete, to be full, if you remember Newman from mm-hmm. a month ago. So Mary was always perfect, intact, whole, but she grew in charity, and the way she grew in charity was through suffering. And a lot of that, if you, if you study her life and the encounters with Jesus and the way that he treats her, um, it looks like he's rebuffing her, rebuking her, but he's he's moving her and deepening her love through suffering so that she can stand as the church, personified at the foot of the cross, and receive the new Adam completely. So, mm. um, So I think... Mary has a lot to say about suffering. She's not this kind of like blissed out, perfect yeah. mother, you know, but she she's she knows suffering better than anybody in some ways, and she had to learn it um, in a totally different way. So, And the potential in suffering for being formed, 
you know, that this is not meaning meaningless, right? Or something to run from, right? Necessarily, yeah. I mean, there are sufferings that we shouldn't, you know, you know, put ourselves through, um, but uh, a lot of it can be really formative. You know? Okay, so we walk with Mary during ordinary time. Um, through our exile, she helps us and is sympathetic. Okay, then we get to Lent. Lent. And our song is what? Ave Regina Caelorum. Hey, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Hail I Queen this, of Heaven. Did this last night. Hail Queen of Heaven. Had a rough takeoff, but we la- we landed the plane. So you Hail Queen down. of Heaven. Hail Queen of Heaven. Hail Lady of the Angels. Now this is, I didn't find this one in my breviary. In the English? Translated. Oh. So I've got a translation here. Hail Queen of Heaven. Hail Lady of the Angels. Hail Root. Hail the Door through which the light of the world is risen. Rejoice, glorious virgin, beautiful above all. Hail, O very fair one, and plead for us to Christ. Huh? Nice. What do you think? The light. I think i got to work on my Latin because I never really translated this one. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I believe you. The I, root, I mean, it has some more like kind of um, epithets. It's got these nicknames. Right. Um, the root of Christianity, hail the door through which the light of the world is right. this image of a door um, that we had seen before, the heavenly door. Um, Queen of heaven, hail lady of the angels. This one actually has something of a depiction in, well, our lady, uh, queen of heaven, mm-hmm. surrounded by the angels um, up at the, the North American College. Mm. Have you seen that chapel? Yeah. Yeah, they got the they got the kind of choir of angels, like ladies in waiting, with the Queen of Heaven, mm. um, which is an interesting depiction. It's different than the angels who are like babies flying around and um, scary. Yeah, you know, like um, scary figures who are I don't know you intimidating. Find babies, babies to be scary. No, these are Baby different possibilities. No, different <laughs> possibilities. You now, can find in in some art you can find angels being like kind of these creature like right, intimidating right, right. aliens. Yeah. Now, let me ask you a question, Father Mike. If I was not Catholic and I was listening to this, I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, that's cute. Father Mike likes Our Lady, but doesn't this detract from Who? loving Jesus more deeply?" You want apologetics? Is that what you want? I just want a little ditty on this, you know. Just, 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 you know, root of Jesse, hail root of Jesse, the gate. Is she the gate through which light rose over the earth? I mean, or the know, gate of heaven? This the, this the language, you know, uh, it, this is just lofty devotional language. I'm just kind of just yeah, saying, or even having a you? devotion to Our Lady. Right. I am not ashamed in the least to my uh, about my devotion to Our Lady. Right. I don't think it distra- distracts at all from my absolute commitment to Jesus Christ every moment of my life. In fact, I think it helps. A lot for me to uh, to to understand Jesus, to reflect on Jesus. Um, Mary is well. We said she's the exemplar. She was the first to say yes. She's a model of hope and of faith for the people Israel uh, that allowed for this incredible moment of the incarnation, God becoming human being and dwelling among us. Uh, would not have happened without her yes. Mm-hmm. Um, she stood by him throughout life, through a lot of mystery and suffering, and, and um, she is uh, was honored by her son 
who I love and I imitate in honoring her. Um, yeah, she, I mean, and, and, and through her prayers, uh, the longstanding tradition of the church is that uh, we gain access to the graces of Jesus. Um, I don't know. I'm friends with Jesus. I'm friends with Mary. I'm friends with the saints. I consider that a very meaningful part of the yeah. spiritual life. I totally agree with you, and don't mean to put you on the spot. Um, there are some classic apologetic lines that I don't really, I don't know. Right. And I w- I'm not asking for apologetics. That's not the point of this podcast. We're reflecting on these beautiful hymns, but they're so deeply ingrained in us. Um, and the only thing I would add to what you're saying is that um, the important thing for us when we're speaking to non-Catholics about Our Lady, because I just recently had a conversation with a Lutheran dude who's dating a Catholic girl, and he's just kind of freaked out. It's always the yeah. last thing, you know, but for us, it's so natural, you know. Yeah. Um, and the important thing, I think, for us is to remember, and you're doing this, you're saying this, but all of the all of this language is rooted in the fact that she is the mother of God. The divine maternity of Mary is the source and the first principle of everything. She was made worthy and sinless because of that maternal mission. So everything is, Mary is entirely a Christological reality, we could say, right? And so because of that, we're just unpacking, and we have been since the earliest centuries, what does that mean, that God made her worthy because of her maternity of Jesus, because of this unique relationship bearing God into the world? It doesn't, it doesn't um, reduce or take away from Christ, but she is the model of creation, like you were saying, and she teaches us how to posture ourselves towards Jesus. So I'm with you totally, but mm-hmm. just wanted to point, oh, just that's very reiterate important. that whenever you hear lofty Marian language or discussion of like privileges like Immaculate Conception, Annunciation, or uh, Assumption, what is all this stuff? It's all rooted in that maternity, Mary's maternity. She's not a separate thing. It's completely that mission that she had. So, yeah. sorry. Read uh, Revelation 11 and 12. Read, well, read the whole second half of that uh, the, uh, New Testament book of Revelation. Uh, but, Pay attention to how it, it makes a hero out of the lady who gives birth to the son, you know, who gives birth to the, to the Redeemer. And uh, you'll know that there was devotion in the earliest church. Um, one of the, I think one of the more profound kind of or important things to come um, to admit about the relationship between God and, and man because of Jesus Christ, is that God has shown himself not to be threatened by glory, the glory of man. Um, when we, God is so glorious and so amazing, Jesus Christ is so glorious and amazing, that he's not jealous for glory and attention mm-hmm. and praise. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he says, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my heavenly Father. If you honor me before men, I will honor you before the Holy, before the Heavenly Father. It's not all about Jesus in the end. In heaven, God is actually looking at us and saying, "You're awesome. I want to tell you how awesome you are." Uh, Jesus doesn't mind uh, praising the uh, pra- praising the apostles, praising the saints, praising uh, Our Lady for 
the great things that they did in their limited, very limited way. We are always going to be a created reality and different than Jesus. Yeah. Um, we're always in some way going to be qualitatively, I mean, infinitely lower. Um, but God has given us such incredible dignity that we're, we are called sons of God, sons and daughters of God. Um, there's no shame in praising, praising a Christian or the glory of the Christian life. And um, so that's part of my part of my attitude about Mary is just um, praising someone for the way that they honor Jesus is not going to detract from right. the glory of God. Absolutely. Okay, so Sorry, we just, can say things yeah. like "Hail" and right. um, you know, "You are the great Queen of Heaven" and all this stuff, and it doesn't take away from God. It doesn't take away from Jesus. In fact, it it amplifies their glory right. to be able to be humble enough to to lift up other people into this reality. Okay. Um, Easter, we did, yeah, we got Lent. Easter, Queen of Heaven, rejoice. It's the Regina Chaley. Uh, yeah. Queen of Heaven, rejoice. Alleluia. For he whom thou hast chosen to bear, Alleluia, has risen as he said. Alleluia. Mm. Pray for us to God. Alleluia. So here, Queen, listen to this. We're going to sing with joy that this one... Jesus, he whom thou was chosen to bear has risen as he said. This one who promised us that he would rise and that we would rise with him, he has risen. Alleluia. Let's sing together. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the, the you know, the kind of closing. And I, I also think crowning. I mean, it's the crowning moment of the liturgical life of the church, yeah. Easter. And uh, in this time, every day throughout Easter, we're singing with with Mary, um, this great uh, fulfillment of the promise of Jesus of the resurrection. Yeah, it's interesting. The a lot of and this is actually an Easter when this is coming out, so this is nice to reflect on that. Um, Saint Ignatius talks about very clearly how um, in the spiritual exercises, which as you know, that Mary was the first to encounter Jesus after the resurrection, Our Lady. Though we we don't hear that in the scripture, so this is just the saints reflecting on it. But the kind of fittingness of that, you know, mm. because she was the most um, most intimate. I mean, when I think about the relationship of Mary and Jesus, it's the most intimate possible communion between human beings, mm. right? Between yeah. in humanity, in the history of the world, right? No, no one shared more intimately in in a human communion yeah. than these two, absolutely. And so, um, so his resurrection would have been first and foremost in a very preeminent way the experience of Mary. Fast forward a little bit to the Pentecost. Pentecost is an interesting moment. Aquinas talks about how there's a difference of the experience of Pentecost because we know Our Lady is with the apostles. Mm-hmm. But for the apostles, Pentecost is a departure and a missioning into the world. And for Our Lady, Pentecost is a departure from the world. It's the conclusion of her time in this world, so to speak. It's the last thing we hear before her assumption in, mm-hmm. into heaven. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of an interesting thing that the resurrection and those those 50 days up to Pentecost are kind of the final period where the church is is there with Mary and then with the descent of the Holy Spirit, they kind of begin to move. And, and St. John, we know, takes her to Ephesus and then, um, and then she's assumed into heaven and the church continues, but Mary remains at the heart of the church. But it's just an interesting thing to kind of reflect on. These are real relationships, real human beings, 
and and real realities that that were laid at the foundation of the church and still continue to permeate the the church's life though mystically. I'm sorry. I this is what I study all day, so oh, I'm I love trying it. to hold yeah, back yeah, a little yeah. bit. So I was actually on a little bit. I was a little nervous to take on a Marian topic when I know I I'm know. hanging with the the ecclesiologists and the Mar- Mariologists, but that's wonderful. I think you know uh, my point is made. It's just uh, we have these beautiful prayers. I would encourage you if you don't pray these with your family to start praying them with their fa- with your family. Yeah. You don't have to take up the whole liturgy of the hours. Um, just praying night prayer, if you have time for that, is a beautiful thing. Learn to do that. Um, but if if nothing else, pick up these little prayers and uh, make it a part of your spiritual life. You'll grow in love for Our Lady. You'll grow in love for Jesus. Um, you'll appreciate the, the uh, liturgical seasons a little more and um, and have a sense of just these kind of profound insights in each of the songs. Absolutely. Very nice. Yeah. Well done. Musical. Musical, as always. We I was wondering what you were going to do tonight. I was like, it's probably going to be like Marian apparition matched to like Hawaii's volcanoes or some oh kind of man. crazy. <laughs> I don't want to get too wild. I think I kind of pull back. You have this like do, cosmological, mystical thing that you like to kind of pull Ooh, together. I love that. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. It's very unexegetical, but it's cool. You got any shout outs? Or you want me to just delay a little bit here? No, 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 no. I sent them to you on your phone. <laughs> you're looking at them right now. Ah, okay. So, Cass- oh, Cassandra Schwetz, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Cassandra. We get it. It's probably just Schwetz. Yeah, Schwetz. Cassandra Schwetz is Katie Ratkowski's friend. Katie does not listen to the podcast, but Cassandra does. And Cassandra, you're awesome. You're cooler than Katie. Katie's a student of mine at uh, St. Thomas. So, or at the uh, Bernardi campus. So, Cassandra's here last year. So, thanks for listening. Henry Graby. Oh, yeah. Brother of the uh, classiest priest in Rome. Oh, yeah. We love your brother. Father Brian Graby. Well, Henry gave a real and nice a, yeah, real awesome. nice word through his brother to um, the pod, uh, the, those jokers back in Denver, uh, Father Michael and uh, Father Nathan, on their, was that modesty one they did recently? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> what? Hottest or modest or whatever. I forget forget the name of the topic. So anyways, um, Henry, thank you for listening. Yeah, Henry's like our representative. We like you, Henry. We like you a lot. We appreciate that. Keep it up, um, buddy. I met uh, Aaron Vitsky's dad. So Aaron is another student at uh, St. Thomas. I'm doing this chaplaincy. And um, her dad, Darren, came. And uh, he was just talking to me. And he recognized the voice. And he had a nice visit and nice talk. So Aaron is too cool to talk to me. She's got great taste in music. And I'm like, give me your secrets. But... I can't get him out of her. But her dad, I enjoyed talking you to. You have good so. taste in music. Well, I, she said she liked Isaacoff the first night, and I was like, we need to talk. But I can't snag a, a table. So I'm also uh, pray for uh, our some people who asked for our prayers, Brendan and Mary uh, Nordahl. Said mass for them. They're friends of Caitlin mm-hmm. uh, Donimo. I, these are all Italian. The Animo. I don't know how to say that. And then a couple quick ones. Um, Sarah Ennis and her family came through town. Uh, Mary Ennis is her sister at St. Thomas so everybody has a sibling or a dad or somebody who listens but the kids actually don't um, and sometimes people are funny because they'll be like oh yeah huge fan of the podcast and then they'll be like are you and Father Mike like uh, still doing the podcast while you're in Rome and I'm like they probably haven't listened in a yeah, few years yeah, it's yeah, been yeah, a little so, while yeah. right, that's, that's alright and then two last ones real quick Jaden Jones is a friend of Elisa Dean's 
Shout out to Cabrini. Awesome Cabrini girl. Uh, Jaden, you told me to make sure I said that, right? So Yeah. So Jaden and uh, Lisa both listen. We love the Deans. We miss you already. We talked about them a million times last year. Okay. Lastly, email from Rebecca Messel, our favorite uh, our favorite Messel. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Messel. Be- so Becca says, okay. Senior ha- or junior? This is uh, junior. She has the same okay. name as her okay. mother. So we like, we like senior, too. But this is from junior. She said, this is a big one. She said, my all-time, hands-down, absolute favorite sister in the convent. Uh, seriously, the quote, Molly Roggin of The Handmaids who we love up in Minnesota, Mm -hmm. Sister Maria Benedicta, uh, confessed that before she entered, she was a huge fan of the podcast. Oh, yeah, sister. So we get to give a shout-out to Sister Maria Benedicta, and hopefully we listen to them. Maybe if you you get, like, a recreation night, mm -hmm. you can listen to the podcast. That's right. We'll tell Mother Mary Claire that. (laughs) Recreation night, mandatory. But more importantly, she said her brother-in-law loves you guys even more, and it would completely and totally uh, be a great thing if he got a shout-out. And he loves the banter, it looks like here, from what Becca is telling me. So, shout out to Jordan and Monica Buchhorn. I think it's pronounced Buchhorn in Minnesota, but Buchhorn. All right, Jordan right? and Monica. Great couple from Minnesota. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate it. On your road trips, and then hopefully someday we can meet them. So, the Buchhorns yeah, yeah, and right Sister on. Maria Benedicta and uh, Messel, well, see, Messel you Jr. N- okay, did you notice this thing about the, the nuns can't listen to this, can't listen to this stuff? Probably for the probably for worldly the, or probably whatever. Probably for the best, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I don't disagree. <laughs> I just wanted to point out, most of your shout-outs are from these St. Thomas students, right? That's, yes. Okay, my apostolate is with the the nuns. Ah, uh, that's you know? true. That's and true. the nuns, they don't listen to this stuff. Right. And they don't have friends who listen to this stuff. You, you should shout-out a missionary Their of charity. Their friends are like homeless dudes you in Rome. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I haven't met one yet who's listening well, my, to our show. That might be my goal, is to get a homeless guy in Rome to listen to our show. That would be oppressive. If you could get a homeless, they don't have, homeless they Roman they don't have man. iPhones. <laughs> yeah, that is true. So if I can find If someone can donate an iPhone for a homeless man in I, Rome, I, That was your list I just read. I don't know why you're touchy about this topic. You know? I mean... So, I mean, those are all yours. I don't have, take any, it back. I don't have any this week, but that was... Uh, I think we covered our bases, so... Well done. Our Lady, I love you. I love your devotion, Our Lady. I hope it inspires people because I do love. It does inspires me. It, it inspires me. It's a beautiful thing, and um, it's so it's so central to the to the faith and to the life. It always okay. has been. So, well done. Okay. God bless you, everybody. Have a great Easter.